Boy Podcast, where we are champions of the common man. I'm your host, Buster Caballero. Thanks for tuning in. We sit down with certified good old boys and discuss how they're doing life, how they're getting by, their tips, their tricks, and getting down to the how to live life right by good old boy standards. So, sit back, relax, fix your cocktail, and let's get to the show. All right, good old boys out there. We have been missing for a while, and I have been missing y'all. But as a lot of y'all know, it is summertime. We are busy running around chasing kids. A lot of things going on, traveling, vacationing like y'all are. And But we're back today. And another change is we're in a kind of a new situation, a new studio. Well, the original place where we started, but now it's a little more set up, I guess, good old boy style. Uh Made a few arrangements. I'll post some pictures of the studio up soon. And to kick it off, it's summertime. It's hot. You come home or wake up in the middle of the night, and you, your house could be hot as hell. Or it may just be the right temperature. But either which way, if it gets hot, you know something's going to be happening to your AC. And if you're a guy, you need to maybe do some home maintenance on that. On your AC unit, on your HVAC system, keep it running right. Or if you're having problems, well, we're going to try and get down to that today. So I've got the guys here from Platinum Air. And man, y'all pulled up in a pretty F 250. I like that. That is nice. We got Mr. Joseph Hedger and we got Scott Stringfellow. Happy birthday, buddy. I appreciate it. I pre- you come and spend your birthday with us, man. Absolutely. It must be like what, 27, 37? How, an odd number, huh? 29. 29. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that, yeah, that's my last year in my 20s. There you go. There you go, man. Well, happy birthday. I Thank hope you. this is a good present for you. Absolutely. Thank you. So, so guys, y'all came in here today and I bumped into y'all outside of a gas station, but we know each other from the neighborhood. Once again, I'm pulling from my own pond. I like to go fishing there because we've got a bunch of good guys here. And uh, we, we bumped into each other, and I told y'all, hey, man, y'all got to come on the show. And we, we had a brief conversation about HVAC stuff, and but now here we are. So, guys, how have y'all been doing? How's this heat been treating y'all? It's hot out there, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> seems like we're constantly chasing uh, call after call and trying to uh, get to everybody that's in need at this time. Yeah. Is it a lot of, uh, <laughs> my AC just went out. I need you over here now. Or is it like, hey, I need a little home maintenance, or what, what's what's the hot topic for y'all? Um, it's a 50-50 bag right now. It's, hey, I've had this other company out here. They can't fix it. Will you come look at it? Then we've also had some of, you know, come on over here, take a look at it, get it done. Um, it's, you know, especially out here in Marbella, there's, you know, obviously everybody knows there's a lot of issues out here. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, get a lot of those and you look for mold mildew, look for, you know, ways to fix that stuff. Um, then you have people all the way on the north side of Houston. It's just no air conditioning. We run up there, run out to Hitchcock. It doesn't matter. We're, we're all over. So so how did y'all get into this? How did, how did the business start? Where did it come from? I'm third generation. My granddad did it. My dad did it. I was sitting on the Freon bottle since I was 13. Uh, I've worked for quite a few large companies. And one day my wife said, aren't you just tired of making everybody else money? Yeah. So uh, I was actually helping out a, a guy that she worked with, another AC company. I went in there and helped him get his company straightened out. He ended up selling the company, and that was basically my avenue to start my own. Nice, man. Now, was that scary? 
it's always scary. Yeah. Um, there's always a doubt in the back of your mind. Can you do it? But mm-hmm. I've got a lot of the business knowledge behind it, but, you know, riding the desk for so long and then being in the trade for, you know, 30 years. So I can get out there and work with the best of them or I can be in the office and, you know, work on that end of it. Yeah. And then now, Scott, how did you, how did you come about working with Joseph here at Platinum Air? Tell us that story. Uh, well, how did y'all meet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I met uh, I met his daughter uh, about six and a half years ago. Oh dang! Yeah, yeah. And uh, within four months, I was married into the family, oh. so it didn't take long. And um, so that's kind of how I met Joseph here, and you know, we just kind of kicked it off. And I was doing my own thing, and once he started his company, asked if I could help out, and. And here we are. So, so what are you doing for them? What's what's your role in the business? I am a service tech. Because if you were my son-in-law, I'd probably just make you climb up in the attic a lot when it's hot. Oh, he, he makes me do that all the time. There's <laughs> <laughs> no question there. about that. Yeah, he uh, definitely does that. Yep. So, well, and now Joseph, are you are you actively out there too? Or are you just manning the operations? Do y'all have guys working for y'all, or is it y'all too, or? Got four employees. Uh, we use some subcontractors on a lot of new construction stuff, um, but I do go out there. I, you know, I put the tool belt on real quick and get out there with the best of them. You know, my dad always told me if you're not going to leave, they're not going to follow you. That's right. So I try to get out in front of the troops every time I can. And, you know, brought Scott along, gas hole guy, and teaching him the trade. Yeah, well, that's good. It's a, it's a, it's one of those trades that I think you need a good guy there and you know back in the day everybody had the shade tree mechanic they had the uh they had their barber they had a construction guy a handyman they had a mechanic they had all these guys you know but and then now the hvac guys you know another area it's just what you own that's just a little too complicated for you to fix on your own and well hvac's probably a lot more complicated so uh so when y'all are out here and y'all are getting these calls whoa what do y'all see that you know that people don't do enough with it what's like with their hvac system is it an air conditioner is like a car if you don't maintenance it you're going to have problems regardless some people get by a couple years maybe five years who knows you know may run and all of a sudden there's a catastrophic failure go in interview and talking to the customer and when was the last time somebody looked at this Oh, back in 1998, you know, then they wonder why, you know, they lost a compressor or contactor or capacitor, whatever it may be. You know, they need to be looked at probably minimum once a year, mm-hmm. not twice for the heating side and the cooling. Um, there are large vacuum cleaners outside. Anytime you're mowing, wind's blowing, next door neighbor's cutting sheetrock, it's all in your air conditioner. Yeah. And that creates havoc pretty quick. Yeah, I've seen the... Uh I've got my filters like every six months I'm doing mine and I'm even thinking about going down to quarterly maintenance on them because I pulled them out one time and they were black and I was like, what the hell is going on? So many of those. Yeah. And you pull them out and this was only like six months afterwards, but it was right when I built this house. So I think, you know, they were like, oh, we put new filters in there. I didn't go up and check. That's my bad. Yeah. And then that happens. A lot of times I leave those filters in during the construction. And yeah, and always change them. Then when you move in, you got formaldehyde and stuff like that's you know still in the air. Mm-hmm. Everything gets stuck in that filter, so people 
you know, they'll call and go, hey, it's not cooling so well. And first thing I check is the, is the filter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one of them I was at the other day, he hasn't changed it in two years. <laughs> Brand new house he just had built. And hasn't, he goes, well, I didn't even know it was there. I don't get that sometimes. How can you, something like that. Be surprised. I know. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you, how do you get by like that? Like something, and I know not everybody's there, but if you're like, I grew up, my dad made me change the filters, like in the house growing up. And he was like, go around everywhere and change them all. But this was before they put them up in the attic. You know, they were all in the walls on their returns there. But, I mean, (laughs) that surprises me. You see a lot of it. Yeah. So, your industry is one of those, and and I had a good conversation with you all outside of the gas station. That's kind of one of the reasons I want to bring you all in. Is like, in y'all industry, they got some good guys and they got some bad guys. Same thing like a mechanic. You know, you take your you take your car in, and it's something like, hey, I got a little shaky something where it's like, oh, you could either balance your tires or you need a whole new front-end suspension. Mm-hmm. That shot, and that guy's next thing you know, instead of like a, a $100, you're spending 1500 And I had the same situation with my home, bringing it. I had to, I brought in like five HVAC guys. And I think it's before I knew about y'all. Uh and man, I had one guy quoting me a whole new system. Uh, another guy was, oh, your your uh, coils are leaking. Another guy tells me your coils aren't leaking. The valves open, and I don't know who to trust. So, are there any red flags like when an HVAC guy comes out and he starts? You know, you, you called somebody who somebody recommends as, as a, you know, somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows something about it. How, how do you look out for that? It's it's rolling the dice a lot of times. Uh, anymore, you know, when I was growing up into the industry, it was, hey, my AC's out. Can you fix it? Yeah, we can fix it. Um, anymore with the overhead and, you know, the, the amount of money these companies have to make to keep their doors open, you know, trucks, insurance, uh, taxes, wages, all, you know, everything plays a part in it. it the industry's turned into a car salesman industry is the best way to put it. I like that. That's... The service techs are paid on a commission basis. Um, there's a larger company around here. They're on TV, um, but they... Yellow vans? Another white with red lettering on it. Okay. Used to say BBB all over. It doesn't say that anymore. Okay. Um, but they average like 230 complaints a year through BBB. They're a perfect example. Um, the techs go through a 40-hour training course, and it's not, hey, can you diagnose this contactor, transformer, capacitor, um, restriction, whatever it may be, technical side. It's, here's, I'm going to teach you how to sell this to the homeowner. And... Basically, they are paid off of a commission basis. They take that commission and they transfer it to an hourly wage by law. So they're basically telling a service tech, hey, go do the wrong thing. I want you to go over there. If it's got a bad capacitor on it, you need a blower motor, you need a contactor, you need a hard start kit. Oh, by the way, go ahead and put this UV light in. That's, yeah. That's how they build. It's called building a ticket. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a term I've used for the last 10 years, 10, 15 years. It's building a ticket. Now, keep in mind that, say, the supervisor, you know, whoever it is that's over them, their, their service manager, 
their general manager, they, all, they have to answer to somebody. That person says, hey, I need $25,000 turn the day. Guess what he does? He starts pushing the text more. I want to sell 10 UV lights. Well, you buy a UV light for $1,250. You got 10 guys running around there. It's not going to take long to get to that number. But the the dishonesty that comes with it um, is it's real harmful to our industry because it's gotten to a point where nobody trusts the AC guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Now they want five different opinions. And like you had, you got five different answers, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, they're not, it's hard to find the good old boys that come in there and, you know, they don't, they just shoot straight with you. Hey, it's just a, a loose wire outside. You wouldn't believe how many times I go to a house and it was something simple. 90% of the time it was probably the guy that was there before me that did it mm-hmm. to try and sell equipment to a homeowner. Um, either he punched a coal, uh, the coals leak, yes. Why did coals leak? It's called electrosis. You got a steel plate with copper tubes and aluminum fins. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what electrosis is. Now, when you go to a coil and you can see somebody intentionally poked a hole in it, they were trying to sell something. I see that a lot. Um, that happens quite often. That's really? what we get to see. Yeah. And she, it's usually just somebody trying to make some extra money because yeah, that's what their boss is telling them to do. Now, when these guys came, I was following them around. I was watching what they were doing, and I was asking them questions because that's just the training I've had makes me somebody comes over. I like to ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So the first guy that, like you said, like a leaking coil, the first guy comes in, he's like, your coil's leaking. I look down at the bottom and I see the, uh, it's like wet at the bottom and I see it's some black stuff. He's like, that tells me it's the grease and all that mixing. And he's like, yeah, that's the perfect indicator right there. Okay. I got Google. I'm just going to be like, okay, that sounds good. What else? And then I've got another guy who comes out and says, no, your coals aren't leaking. That that stuff right there is natural. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's conflicting information. One, he says, I'll be able to tell right away. I've got one of these little uh, sensors. Electronic leak detector. Right. Yep. And he puts it up there, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's leaking. All right, so I got three guys telling me it's leaking, but of course there's also, but there's a warranty on yours, so all you have to pay is the labor part of it. Okay, you know, that's one thing. And then the next one that comes out says, oh, the the leak detector isn't a good tool, so <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to dye your system, and I'll find the leak. Because the first guy that came out, like, yeah, you were low on Freon, so he jacked me up with Freon, and that was like 600 bucks. And yeah, but then the guy with the uh, die comes out. He dies the system. Mm-hmm. Comes back like a little while later. No die anywhere. Yep, UV. Yeah, he did the UV, yep. and he, he didn't find any die. So now I'm like, okay, do I have a leak? Do I not? Was I just low on coolant? What the hell? So now I got conflicting reports conflicting decisions these guys are um, and yeah they don't get paid unless they sell that's right and I'm, I'm finding that it's turning from a service industry to a sales industry exactly right yeah. which the first one that came out and quoted me $16,000 and he threw in the UV lights nothing's for free yeah that's oh yeah there's a, another little sales tool they use is called I'm sure you probably got the letters called a free furnace 
No, I've never heard that one. There's a company that runs around here. They drive black trucks, got white lettering on it. He, uh, Every time I would get one from him, I would mark it up and mail it back to him. Here you go, Gary. Uh, but it's basically, here's the three things you need to sell. Need, value, and urgency. Yeah. The need is I don't have air conditioning. Value is, hey, I'm going to sell the system to you for 16 grand, but guess what? I'm throwing in this UV light. Mm-hmm. You got a 10-year parts and labor warranty. I'm building the value to you. Um, because the UV light creates hospital grade. Yes. I'm going to clean the air in your house. And I don't know if that's true or not. You'll be walking in and it'll be like walking through a forest. I'm like, There's better technology than UV lights now. But yeah. uh, urgency is just like a car, car salesman yeah. is where they learned it. Memorial Day sale. Mm-hmm. Get here by Memorial Day and I'll sell you this car for $1,000 off. Same, same principle mm-hmm. in the AC trade. The urgency is built in. This sale goes off on the 15th. Well, in your letter, it said you bought all these extra furnaces and you're giving them away. Well, how are you going to figure that out? But long story short is they, they basically break every piece down. They break the air conditioner down, the coil down, drain pan, float switch, supply, return air, plenums, um, the whole, all the parts and pieces, and they list the retail numbers against them. Well, guess what that adds up to? What you would have paid for the unit, but I'm throwing in this furnace. All you're going to do is pay my labor. Mm-hmm. Nothing's for free. No. Um, they use those those tricks a lot in the trade. And in your case, where this guy was like, "Oh, you got a you know leak in a vapor or coal, or you know we'll put some dye in it. I got a leak detector, whatever it may be." It that was a he obviously failed to one be honest, two find a leak, and three he didn't build one of the three things he needed. So let me ask this because. You were laughing whenever I talked about the looking at the bottom of the pan where the evaporator coil is and finding the, uh, I guess what he said, leaking oil or something through that. What's that about? He sees it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just something that's there. Is it or? Well, I don't know what yours look like. Um, There's a couple different things you're going to find in your drain pan. The primary that's coming out. This, um, is, this isn't in a drain pan. We opened it up, and we were looking at the coils mm-hmm. underneath that, in that pan. And it was black? It was kind of like a a really, really, really thin oil, I guess is the best way to describe it. Like, almost water, but a little bit of black, like, thin oil. That could have been the oil that's put on the coil from the processing mm-hmm. um, when it was shipped. Um, obviously, these coals condensate. Water's constantly yeah. going across them. It's rolling off. Um, I've seen white goo in them. It's basically yeast mm-hmm. you know, from our environment. gets built up on them. Micro, microorganisms grow on them. Uh, when you turn the heat on, it burns them off. You know, Everything goes in that drain pan. Yeah. Um, as far as him looking down there, I've seen techs go out there and put them in the, the vent stack and go, Oh, yeah, I'm sensing Freon in your drain line. So that's another little scan uh-huh. they do because they're too lazy to open the, the deal. But best way to find a leak in evaporator coal, turn the heater on. Metal expands, right? Yeah. These techs aren't trained properly. <laughs> they, if you think about it, you turn the heat on, well, that, yeah. that hole's going to get bigger as the metal expands, and you'll be able to find the leak a whole lot faster. So, or you can use bubbles or dye or you know infrared. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. None of them did that. No, they're, they, like I said, most of them are here to make money. Yeah. They don't get paid if they don't sell. 
my favorite was when the one guy came and he's wearing cowboy boots and I mean like real cowboy boots and he's climbing around my attic and he's telling me how he basically has an engineering degree but he does this he loves this so much and I'm probably like you love this so much probably because you scam <laughs> motherfuckers out <laughs> left and right and it's just crazy and then he's homes now so what are y'all seeing and, and in this area you know there's a lot of people their homes apparently the homes are built too efficient and you know what's caught what, what's happening with that people are getting mold in their homes i fixed many of them so what's what's going on with that i know you there there's the passed on effect there's the ventilation there's i mean what the passing effect is is pressurization yeah, of the attic mm-hmm. as you'll notice most of it on a coastal uh, region mm-hmm um, engineers, I believe it was North Carolina or South Carolina, some engineers in, in Florida also, they, they got put their heads together and they, they figured out what was going on is as the wind's blowing, it's going in the soffits and it's pressurizing the attics. Mm-hmm. Air can't escape. Yeah, because all these attics have air holes on every inch of the soffits. Yeah. Um, one way to cure the passing effect is to, like we, the houses I've done in Galveston, our new construction, I cover up all the soffit vents on that south side of the wind, can't mm-hmm. blow in them. Um, people argue all the time, oh, my attic's too hot, my attic's too hot. I'd rather have a hot attic than a cool attic. Mm-hmm. Um, the warmer the attic is, the farther your dew points are apart. The cooler attic, they're closer together, so in the evening, as the temperature starts dropping, guess what happens? You start condensing, you start mm-hmm. making water. Then since with a lot of the uh, homes we've seen out here that we've gone to is, um, you know, the efficiency of the attic, not so much, but uh, the way a lot of the air conditioning systems are installed. Most of them are two-story houses with one system that they zoned. Mm-hmm. What a zoning system is, is a thermostat upstairs, downstairs, maybe in a bedroom, or you could have three or four in a house, doesn't matter. Um, they have independent control of that piece of equipment. Well, what the companies were doing is, let's say you have an upstairs and downstairs, just two thermostats and zoning. If one of them shuts, well, now you've got this high, the term is uh, static pressure, air that can't go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, they put these bypasses in from the supply to the return. Now you got 49 degree air that you just process across a coil. Now you're putting it right back into the return air at 49 degrees. Now you're trying to process that same air again. Well, now you have a sweating issue. Yeah. You're not really alleviating the the problem per se. They should have put what we call either, you know, there's a dump method. There's a couple different ways to do it. High voltage ceiling, mm-hmm. um, dump it in the foyer. So the air is actually going into the house. It's not being processed right back across that coil. Or a design that we do is I have a large mixing box in the attic. And off of each one of those is a closet duct. So I dump the air to that box and all the closets in the house are getting this air. Nah, that's cool. Um, you know, how, how often people open and close closets? You yeah. Know, they, don't, they don't really care if it's 60 degrees in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the equipment sweating, the high humidity issues, people are turning the thermostats down so low because the house is humid. So they're like, oh, I'm going to dry it out. I'm going to cool it off. They're, that's not the right thing to do. They're amplifying the problem. They're actually making it worse. Um, some homeowners leave their fan in the on position. It should always be in auto. 
when air conditioning is running, the system's in a negative pressure on the house, so you're pulling even more of that moisture in. And it's created a lot of uh, sweating in the ducts and chases, uh, going from the attic all the way down to the first floor. Uh, son-in-law lived over on Pierre's, and we dug around, and sure enough, that's where it was. It was in every chase because those ducks were sweating. They were so cold going down those chases, and they didn't seal the chase. Mm-hmm. They didn't block it, as we call it in the, in the industry. They just put that boot on it. Is it like there's a there's a boot that so like on the whichever ones here where it, it just sits on top? And I've I've had all my vents pulled down, and the uh-huh. guy's like, "Well, it's not sealed from this side, but it's sealed from the attic side." Should, Does that make that's sense? A, that's a grill seal. Um, all the new construction homes we do, um, we do a grill seal against it so the boot is actually sealed to the sheetrock. Heat mm-hmm. will seek out cold. You got yeah. a cold boot, well, right above that boot, it's nice hot, warm air. Mm-hmm. Well, that causes condensation. You know, I've seen a lot of posts where people are like, what is this mold growing around my vent yeah. or coming through? Well, yeah, <laughs> they didn't seal it. Um, that's why they use a lot of these plastic vents in these homes too, because the dew point or the, the sweating point of those is a lot greater than it is if it's a metal mm-hmm. uh, grill. I use metal grills on all of them. You know, we seal them right. We got the proper airflow, CFM supply and return, proper statics. But these companies that put these in, you know, semi-production homes, they don't get paid a lot, so they have to go the cheap route. Mm-hmm. But you'll see a lot of that. The stuff that's in the attic. Um, they don't foam those chases like they should. They don't. They don't block them per se. That's probably what I'm seeing then. You'll Whenever see I go up there, it's uh, like it's just that boot sitting there, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, you'll see. Do you have, is this a two story? No, one. Okay. If you go in a two story house, you go in the attic. You'll see where they ran the ducts from the attic all the way downstairs. Mm-hmm. They just shove insulation over it. Yeah. yeah. Try to disguise it. You that's know, what we found at our house, and. You know, move the insulation, and lo and behold, there's all your mold just sitting there. All the way down the chase. It's sweat. Then, you know, the yeah. sweat all the way down. I and found that the attics, too, like on a two-story home in here, like in a lot of the ones now, the way they make them is the attics are so small mm-hmm. that, because I remember two-story homes growing up for me, like the attics were always real big. Yeah. Now they're they're tiny. And having to shove all that duct work in there and do all that and the equipment and your Christmas decorations and all the other shit that you don't want. Yep. You know, it, it's it's crazy up there. The, the only thing that I will say is that every guy that's come in here and been in my attic is like, you have a really big attic. That's great. Yeah. So. As you start putting the equipment that's producing cold air, mm-hmm. you know, lack of heat is cold. So. You put that in a small space and you don't have a lot of air movement around it, mm-hmm. you're going to have those conditions. Um, unless you find a way to get more heat into that attic and around that equipment. You know, the, a lot of these local codes, state codes, they've now moved to R8 insulation on the ductwork away from R6. Uh, it's pretty important, especially down here, um, due to the fact that, you know, a lot of them are sweating. You know, the dew points were coming together so fast. You know, us having a hot, humid, you know, atmosphere that we have here for the last 10 years or so, it's been real crazy anyhow with, you know, daily rain showers and all that other stuff. Well, every time it rains, guess what happens? Humidity skyrockets. Yeah. Temperature goes down a little bit. Now you got a hot, muggy attic that's probably hovering around 
90 degrees instead of about a buck ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to Dallas Fort the exact opposite. So hmm. now, now Scott, with you, how long have you been doing this? Like, how long have you been with your father-in-law? Uh, I've only been doing this for about six months. Okay. So I'm well, still learning all of it. So what what's something that in the year six months of learning have you, like, that's just stood out, that's been like, oh, damn. Like, this is, you know, because when you start a job, you start picking up things kind of, you start seeing things, and you pick up, what's that thing been for you? It's just laziness of other people. Um not finishing the work in the attic you know people don't go in the attic all the time so when you go up there to try to diagnose things you see just you know a wire that's stripped back too far or you know it's got a cut in it or something like that it's just simple things like that that i see that cause bigger issues but it's a simple fix mm-hmm. and you know they're you know people are telling me that you know they're, they're trying to charge me you know 1500 bucks to come out here and, and replace something and it's it's something as simple as I just have to redo this wire, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. And that's where we take pride in, in Platinum Air is, you know, we're upfront and honest. We're not try- trying to scam anybody. We're not trying to make millions of dollars. We're out here to help people out because that's what we do. Yeah. You know? And like Eddie said, we're good old boys. That's, yeah. You know, that's why y'all are here. Yeah, absolutely. It's a mentality too. Like I'm just, there's so many out there. I'm just going to go you know, pigs get fed and hogs get slaughtered. There's a lot of hogs out there that just need to be slaughtered. And, you know, just, I'm just going to get as much as I can, as much as I can, as much as I can, as much as I can. Or instead, that the correct approach is get that one done correctly. And then who do you, who do you recommend and who do you recommend and then who do you recommend? Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's... Everybody it's just, wants the cheapest. Yeah. And that's... Unfortunately, there's there's things that you can't cut corners on in life, and your AC is one of them, especially being down here. I know it's like that. This is gonna be my whole house. You know, I don't want to come home and have something bad, and now I gotta move out for a weekend and get somebody in here, and it's an emergency. So, like you had said before, like you know, created urgency, created a say it again because I gotta need value and urgency. Yeah, you know, my need, the value of it, it's pretty valuable right now, and the urgency is pretty damn quick. So that's that's just that's nuts. So what do you, I'm gonna try to say this? What should people look out for? This in the scams, the fast talkers. Yeah. Um, it, a lot of the these selling techs, consultants, they don't, they're not really service techs anymore. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. There's still some good companies out there. It's the smaller companies that have some value in the family orientation. Um, the larger companies, their value is, like you said, the almighty dollar. But you got a guy that comes in here, and if he immediately goes straight to the cell on you, that should raise an eyebrow. Mm-hmm. Your system's 12 years old. You need to replace it. Really? I got a '69 Camaro out there. Runs just fine. <laughs> you know, you got to have that mentality with these people. Um, there's been many of, you know, sting operations that I've been involved with that, you know, sit there and video the guy, and he actually damaged a piece of equipment to sell people. You know, do it really? Yeah, it happens all the time. TLR hosts a lot of these. 
they'll go in there and set up these sting operations looking for licensed, unlicensed people and crooked people. Who's, who's TLR? Texas Department of Licensing Regulation. Okay. They oversee a broad uh, broad amount of companies. Even tow truck drivers have to be licensed through mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. But they hold sting operations for people that don't have a contractor's license. Or if it wasn't installed properly, there was an issue. Or you were ripped off, uh, deception, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you can file a complaint with TDLR. They'll open an investigation. Um, they're the administrative authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. They don't turn to that. They call BBB. Well, what's BBB? BBB's bullshit. BBB is nothing but a, a marketing tool. A complaint hotline. Yes. If you pay enough money, I think you can get it removed. Yes. So that, that's... Kind of like Angie's List. A lot of those... Oh, God. They're all about great, making money. Great concept. Horrible, horrible business uh, platform, I guess. They have no authority over you. Right. Yeah, Google reviews can do the same thing. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like whenever uh, somebody's spouting, oh, we have a list of trained and certified in our picks of people. Well, yeah, if you go in the application process, they pay five hundred bucks a year and then get on your list. Yes. You're paying to get on this list. I'm accredited. Accredited, yeah. (laughs) I'm not a fan of that either. What does it take to become a, a like a certified licensed HVAC, you know, person. How how long does that take? What is there training? Is there four like four years experience? Four years experience in the field. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And is that on a business or an individual or? Um, you just have to have four years uh, field experience. Okay. Um, years past it, they kind of had to change the law because it, it was getting to a point where the husband was sending the wife down to do, to take the test. You know, really? You know, women are very good test takers. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll probably, yeah. You'd be surprised. Um, women will, can read a book, understand it, and go pass a test. So the husband would send her down there, get their contractor's license. Well, they changed that to where you got to have four years, you know, field or in the trade service. Um, then you apply for your license. You take a test uh, for a B license. It's a hundred questions. For an A license, it's one hundred twenty. You got three hours on one, and I think four on the other it's been 20 years since i've taken it but um basically anybody can get one you'd be surprised uh, the amount of guys that are running around out there that have them and probably shouldn't have them but they do uh, you know go to craigslist yeah you find them all day you'll see them on social media yeah i always find it weird whenever i see like a guy who's like like joe bob's ac heating and air and it's like i look at the vehicle and i'm like Man, that's that just looks crazy. Something something's off about that. And you know, I don't know. For me, for me, I like a good visual impression. Like I said, y'all pull up in this F two fifty. You know, y'all are here looking professional. The a couple other guys that came that made some sense were very professional. And the ones that kind of ripped me off, I just man, I can see it from a mile away. I'm like, uh, they don't trust you already. Yeah. So, and everyone's the guy that the boss sends me out here to fix this. I usually teach a lot of the classes for him okay stop stop selling yourself dude right there how big was the quote <laughs> dude i had a sixteen thousand. i had a twenty-five thousand. uh oh, man one 
it, it was ridiculous. It, it, as soon as they saw, like, you've got Lennox coils, those are under warranty, so that saves you money right there. But I'll do this for this one, and I'll do this for that one, and I'll throw you in 50% off of this and that, and uh, trying to fix a, a, a plenum box and replacing a plenum box from fiberglass, the fiberglass ones to the metal Doug one. Yeah. yeah. So, it's the worst kind you can have. Really? That's what I Tech got. board lasts about five years. Okay. Well, I'm three years in. We did one over here for uh, Mr. Vessel. Another company came in, put in the coil and a plenum, and he had nothing but problems. It was a mess. It was sweating, making wire. The, the plumbing was all backed up on it. and He somehow got my, our name off of, I think it's Facebook. But anyhow, we got to look at it, and I was like, man, it looked like an armadillo got a hold of it. <laughs> So we took it all apart, put brand new plenum on there, redid the drain lines, and actually put it back together like it was supposed to be. But it's, you know, I think they charged them like two or three thousand dollars. Damn. I charged yeah. them four hundred bucks to fix it right. You know, so he's uh, he's been a good customer of ours. He's referred quite a few people to us, but I see it all the time out here. Marbella, Hidden Lakes, South Shore. There, there's a couple of guys in this area that are making a name for themselves on quality work, mm-hmm. uh, like. For a plumber, I think everybody's calling a. I think it's Josh from Grand Slam yep. Plumbing. Mm-hmm. Great guy. That he came out here. I had a plugged up line and I thought I cleared it out, and he came out here right away. And I think it was like three hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and it was him doing the work. Yeah. With an assistant, and just talking about stuff, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, I guess I got to pour Clorox down the drain." He's like, "No, no, no, no! Don't do Clorox down the drain." Eats it up. Yep. What do you recommend? They actually have these things called pan tabs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's pan tabs, and then there's a there's a couple other different methods you can use. But obviously, pan tabs are the best. Basically, it neutralizes the the condensate mm-hmm. to keep them clear. What happens is people keep treating and treating and treating their drain lines with. Uh, I'll go in the attic, and there's three bottles of bleach there, and they're all empty. I'm like, uh oh, it makes them brittle. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these houses, they didn't even use schedule 40 in, so it makes it even worse. But, uh, you know, having them, again, back to maintenance. Yeah. Have it looked at once a year. We come in there and we put in what we call a quick blast. Mm-hmm. It's basically a valve you put in there, you turn it on and off, and it's got two hookups on it that we can hook our hose to and blow that drain line out mm-hmm. during our annual maintenance. Well, what, well good that you're going there, because what, what's, what's the annual maintenance somebody should do or, you know? on their system or you know what do y'all do we come out twice a year mm-hmm. um, we check the heating and the cooling in the spring we come out check the cooling check the freon levels uh, wash the coils check the amp draw the outdoor blower motor check the indoor blower motor uh, check the indoor evaporator coil blow out the drain lines <laughs> check the secondary pan make sure there's no rust or water going through there um, basically do a full tune-up on the ac side of the system mm-hmm. now we also go into the return errors, obviously, as well, because the return error will tell you a whole lot about what's going on with the system, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go in there and take a look at that. Obviously, checking that blower motor amp draw. If you if you have a blower motor that's rated at 1.2 run amps and it's pushing 2.5, something's going out. Mm-hmm. So we record all that stuff, give it to the homeowner, make recommendations. Hey, your capacitor is a uh, 55-5, whatever it may be. You know, if it's not within a certain percentage, we let them know that. It could go out, it could not. If it's under warranty, the part's warranty, hey, we'll just put another one in there real quick and warranty our part out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we go through all that. Then the winter t winter time comes around. We come in, uh, either uh, natural gas, propane, either one. Check gas pressures. Uh, look around three and a half inches water column natural and ten to twelve on propane. Make sure all that stuff's kosher, so you don't plug up the heat exchanger. Make sure there's no animals growing. You'd be surprised <laughs> what would be in a heater, but. <laughs> Um, clean all that stuff out again. We check the amp draws again at that time. What's that cost? Yeah, it's one hundred fifty dollars for two visits a year. Spring and fall is one hundred fifty bucks. Shit, sign me up. That's that. That's comp. That should be like r regular. That's like something so easy. It's like that's why I go to discount tires because every time I change my oil. I bring my tires down the road and I get them rotated and balanced for free from free. them because I bought the warranty from them and I paid one time price, but I could do it as many times as I want. Yes. So. And you get free service calls. Yeah. So come June, we were out there in April and come June, uh, say the capacitor went out, the one we were telling you was going in, it goes out. Well, we don't charge you to come out there to diagnose it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of the, the core business of, about customers is treating them right. Yeah. Now, if I was to say, oh, yeah, it's $89 or whatever it may be, that's not real fair to the customer. You paid me $150 to come check this equipment, then I'm going to charge mm -hmm. you another 89 or 99 whatever these people are charging to come out and do more work to it. You'd be surprised at how many of them didn't inform the customer properly the first time because they know they're coming back. Mm-hmm. That's like my alarm system. I had a problem with that. So, I call, you know, I'm paying these guys big amount of money every month, make sure the home's secured. And I call and say, hey, I got a problem with a piece of equipment. I need somebody out here. Okay, well, it's $50 to come out. Yep. Uh, why? It's your, it's, you know, y'all sold me this. Isn't there a warranty? He's like, well, it's $50 to come out. And then if anything needs replacement, you know, then it's the cost of that. And I'm just like, screw you. I'm like counting down. I got the calendar reminder. I got like 10 reminders on the day, 30 days out to cancel with them. Yep. Uh, God, what was the other one? I was thinking of another example in my head. Oh, I can't think of it right now, but it, it was another one of those instances where it's like, you know, oh, bought a pair of boots recently. My old, my old work boots, the sole had fallen off. They were bad, but I could never find a good pair. Finally, I go to the Red Wing store up on uh, Pasadena uh -huh. in uh, Fairmont, and I walk in. I tell the guy, "I'm like, look, my feet are killing me. It's bad. Like I'm I'm waking up in the morning and I'm like hobbling on my feet." And I tell the guy, "I'm like, hey, I this is wrong." And the guy doing the work, he's like, "Oh well, I'm a little busy right now. I'm helping this other guy. Let me let me get someone from the back." So he goes back, and this old guy comes out, and he's you know, how you doing today? I'm good. No, I'm looking for boots. Which one you like? I kind of like these. All right, let's look at these. What do you, you know, starts asking questions right away. Ton of questions. And for me, if somebody's asking questions a lot, mm -hmm. I already start feeling a little better. Because that shows me like this guy's trying to find out. Finally, by the time it's done, like he gets me a pair of boots, he gets me the inserts, everything. And these boots are probably one of the most comfortable pair of boots i've put on and i've been wearing them for like three weeks now mm -hmm. and the one thing he did was one part where it was a little tight I'm like man he's like oh i got a specialized tool for this let me go get it goes in the back and he comes out with a broomstick <laughs> <laughs> and he like he gets the boot in a certain way and he puts the stick against his foot and he's like watch this and he starts shaping that leather with it 
Wow, that's cool. And I'm like, so I ask him, I'm like, man, how long you know, are you new here? What he goes, well, I'm usually at the other store, but I came in here the last six months. We're just doing some transitioning and upgrading and everything like that. I'm like, cool. Well, man, can I tell your boss that you know you you did a real good job? I want to let him know about that. And he goes, oh, I own the place. Cool. Like son there of you a go. bitch. I love that. Yep. I mean, he's like, yeah, I was just in the back doing some paperwork and stuff like that, but I, he said, I love doing this. I'm like, you're the opposite of Al Bundy. <laughs> you know, you're like a shoe salesman that cares. So, but it was impressive. It was impressive. Good stuff. So, what do y'all guys like to do when y'all not uh, saving the world from sweating their asses off? What's y'all? Uh... He's got three kids to chase around. God dang, dude. He's 20, wait, you're 29 and you got three kids? Well, didn't have a TV, apparently. No, you're Catholic, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm Baptist. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You ain't drinking or dancing then. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> drinking and dance one too many times what happened there. Yeah, no, I got, uh, I got three boys. Nice. So that's what keeps me busy now. That's good. How old are they? I got an eight-year-old, a four-year-old. And we just turned two. Nice. So, a week ago. Yep. Eight, four, two. Yeah, I got three. I'm 38 and I got three. And I got a six-year-old turning seven, a three-year-old turning pissed-off teenager. And <laughs> and I got my baby girl at one. So, yeah, they keep you busy. Very, very yeah. busy. What about you, man, Josh? What do you... I do a lot of boating. I'm into side-by-sides, get out there and yeah. tear up the mountainside. Um Honestly, I work most of the time. <laughs> yeah, twenty-four seven a year. You got you got three grandkids. You need to uh, I got six. spoil. Oh, there you go. Now you got, go. Now six, you got six. So yeah. I got a son. He's got uh, three too, and they're all boys. I don't have a granddaughter. Nope. And you ain't getting one for me. No, I just uh-huh. I can't. I couldn't even buy one. So. No. No. no, I'm done. Chase all the boys around trying to keep up with what's cool, Fortnite and all the little games and stuff. So. Yeah. I tried to get my boys to watch Shark Week an episode tonight, and they were all crazy. Like the the middle one was like they're laying on the couch, and he just walks up and he goes, "Can I lay with Bubba?" And I go, "Yeah, you can if he lets." And he like lays down next to him, and next thing I know, just whack smacks him across yeah. the face. And I'm all just like, day. <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." He's that many of those. So yeah. then I tell him, "I'm like, my, my oldest one starts kind of crying about it," and I go, "Hit him back." And he just lights up in the middle and just starts running off, crying. I'm like, yeah. you started it, dude. Yep. So, so this is my two older ones. Now my my youngest one, he's starting to get involved in the uh, the physical altercations, which is pretty funny to watch him do it. Yeah. He has no idea what he's doing. He just likes walking around slapping shit out of somebody. For that, fun, that's so. yeah. Well, this little dude's all about this. Yeah. Oh, and my baby girl's getting ready to walk, so she's she's kind of walking. But yeah. It's fun. So what's it like? Uh, what's it like working with your father-in-law? What's that? How's that relationship work? You know, because when I saw y'all, y'all were yeah. y'all riding in the truck together, and y'all were doing that, and you know, what's the family dynamic like that on there? Man, I mean, we hit it off pretty much since day one. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, they like said I met his daughter one night, and uh, I left early from where we were at, and had to go to work the next morning. Lo and behold, he's got a story for that one, but you know. Uh, and ever since, pretty much from the very beginning, I mean, we hit it off and cut the shit with each other. I mean, next thing you know, he opens up this business and 
says, hey, what's up? You know, <laughs> here we are. You know, he's, he's showing me the ropes. I mean, the goal eventually is for me to, to take his position, let him retire. He's getting up there in age, you know, so. How old are you, Josh? Or 48. 48, okay. Well, so we got like 10 different, 10 years between each of us. Yep. Man, well, that's good to see. I worked with my dad for three years, and that was, that was crazy. I mean, I couldn't work with my real dad, no. Yeah. Well, my biological, no. Dude, that's that's nuts when you start working with family. And I want to do an episode and bring in a couple of like people who are working together as family. And let's just let's tell some stories or something. My dad and I, we uh, we ran these businesses and they were they were really successful. And he was a hard taskmaster. He was the owner. I was the I ran operations. I ran accounting. I ran anything he told me to do. And it was so funny because we'd get into these arguments and fights and like not physical but we'd be like throwing things and we'd yell at each other and it was always funny and at the end of the day right around five o'clock it, it was tense in the office and at five o'clock he'd come up to me and he'd look at me and goes we're going to the bar I'm like let's go and we'd go and just you know 30 minutes of just sitting there not talking saying the thing and then finally it's like you're a mean old son of a bitch today you know that he goes well you are a stubborn hard-headed kid and yeah maybe and then we blow it out the next day we come in hey all right and everybody in our office is like we cannot handle this <laughs> this, <laughs> this is like not good at all so no we got a good relationship though well, that's uh, good that's good so yeah it's, it's really nice yeah it's, it's real important i think when you separate like when you can separate the family from the business and be like, hey, this is business. Yeah. It's not personal. This is business. You know? And then when the day's done, you go home, we're done. So. He's not your typical son-in-law. He's, I've never had to ask him to do anything. He's always been the guy that, hey, I'm going to go do it. You know, if he sees me doing something, he kind of knows what to do and, and get it. And, you know, we, I kind of treat him like my own son, so. That's good. You know, we have a long, hard day. We go to Hugh and Joe's and play some golden tea and drink a beer and yeah. talk about what we're doing the next day and get everything ready. So that's um, good. You gotta you gotta decompress from that. Oh yeah, definitely. It's you get an addict that's 120 degrees and you're up there for a couple hours. Yeah, you that know, ain't easy. For, no, you get wore out quick. But he he hadn't given up. That's good. That's I good. I don't ever give up. <laughs> well, fellas, uh, we're coming up close to the hour mark on this and at this time uh, usually what i do is i just say guys uh it tell us how can we get a hold of you how can our listeners if they're guys if y'all are needing an ac or anything like that uh hvac maintenance is look there two times a year program i'll be signing up after this uh that's that's my buy-in for it so because i'm too lazy and i don't know how to do that uh <laughs> so that's my supposed so tell us how do we get a hold of y'all uh, looks up on our website, looks up on social media, platinumairtx.com, or go to Platinum Air on social media, um, or you can give us a call, 832-317-7248. Um, phone comes directly to me. Actually, sitting right there. So um, God, You need a case for that thing, dude. It, it's, it's been through a couple harder-fought battles, but it still works. So Well, there you go, then. I'm kind of kind of rather put the money in the business than the new phone, so... Um, <laughs> I think I got an old case around here. I can let you borrow. It's probably too far gone at this point. Um, yeah, but uh, just a lot of our calls actually do come in through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, people see us on there. We'll post something. I think we did some Astros tickets a couple weeks ago. Yep. We got quite a few yeah. followers. Yeah, man. You were close. I think, actually, on the wheel, you were the, yeah. the next one or 
I think I forgot who won those. Jared Kelly won. Jared Kelly, yeah. 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 We're going to do another one. Yeah, we have another one coming up uh, probably within the next couple weeks. So be on the lookout for that one. As we get bigger, we're going to start doing bigger things. You know, uh, coolers. You know, Wet Sounds makes this real cool cooler. It's called a shiver. Mm -hmm. We'll get one of those and do a raffle. Not a raffle, but a giveaway for one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, Those things are different games. What's it called? It's a shiver cooler. Shiver cooler. Shiver 55. It's a real big cooler. It's got a sound bar built into it. Ooh. Their retail is $8.99. Dude, I don't need another... (sighs) They're How really heavy cool. is it? It's actually not that it's heavy. Not, no, it's not bad at all. No, it's probably like carrying around a Yeti or uh, Arctic 60 quart or something like that. Dang. It's I'm not gonna, heavy at all. I'm going to do another episode where like we just get a couple of guys in here and we argue about coolers. Because a lot of them are like, I'm, uh, there's a, uh, there's a, a memo going around. It's like, I'm a white boy, but I'm not paid. <laughs> buy a yeti cooler white boy yet <laughs> no. take two or three of you to pick it up <laughs> yeah I've, uh, I've been given one and i've never bought one so i won't buy a yeti they don't support the nra uh, that was that well the original founders of it still do like they do but now that it's a whole corporate entity financing bankers made in china yeah they, that's i'll go with the local guys that support the astros yeah arctic those guys. Have you been in their new store? I haven't. Yeah. I've been wanting to go. The one on the two ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all hear about what happened when they did the uh, the give the, like the uh, the uh, outlet store sale for it? Uh. Uh-uh. They started on a Saturday morning. It was supposed to be a two day sale of urgency. Arctic. There you go. Emergency. Yeah. Urgency. You need your need your uh, you need your Arctic cooler. And they had everything outlined, and they said, we're going to start at 8 o'clock in the morning. People were lined up, and they were going to go two days. They couldn't do it on Sunday. Within five or six hours, everything was sold. Wow. I've had some garage sales like that. Yeah. God, I love <laughs> a good garage. Here, you know? Knocking on the garage door at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love those. Uh, the guys who with Arctic also own a Quero Boot Company. The Quero boots, I think, are like 150, 200 bucks for a pair of boots, but supposedly pretty nice. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, were they brothers or something? There's a weird dynamic between them. So the guys who started Yeti were brothers. Okay. Uh, In the Yeti films, I I love the Yeti films. Those are awesome on YouTube. Have you ever seen those? No. Oh, they're they're great. They highlight a bunch of people. They highlight that there's all like Flip Pallet, who's like he was a banker turn. A charter guy and just really cool if you're looking for like a nice outdoor show really quick to watch that's a real interesting one but the guys for arctic used to work for yeti oh. and they left and started arctic and then they looked too similar so they had a lawsuit and that's whenever they had to get rid of products and all the prices of arctic just dropped it was like you want a 60 quart cooler 30 bucks Wow. Yeah, go look, go look in my attic on the top. I got a couple of them. So, yeah. Well, that's cool. So that's what it is. Well, guys, man, I appreciate y'all coming out here uh, and shooting the bull with me and taking the time. Uh, I know time is a valuable commodity we all have. So if y'all to spend an hour with me, I appreciate it a lot. Uh, and so once again, guys, we've got Scott and we got Joshua from uh, Platinum AC and Air. Uh, give them a follow on Facebook on Y'all on Instagram? Yes. Okay. Yep. Get him on Instagram. Is he your social media guy? No. Uh, actually, 
my daughter is good <laughs> she takes care of all this she's very good at it yeah. well good it's good. a family family owned company there you go so the whole family's in it i love it so guys y'all uh y'all go check these guys out give them a support give them a call uh have them come out there for you i'm going to put their contact information in the show notes and i'll tag them on when this episode drops uh in the meantime everybody you're gonna be hearing from me more again i'm back in my studio got it set up again and once again as always if you know a good old boy or you are a good old boy you want to come out here and shoot the bull with me for an hour or so come on by send me a message find us on facebook don't forget to subscribe and as always this is free but the only thing i'm going to ask is that y'all share this platform with your friends and get the word out and as always guys say hi to your mom and him for me <laughs>